This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Join me for a discussion of Ultraman Z episode 16 featuring research, rampaging, and revenge. This episode is off-kilter, sweet, and a touch tragic. What did you think of it? My name for this episode or for this review is Ultra Mercy, and I will get to why that is the case in, well, by the end of the episode. So stick around for that right now. So I want to talk about Kid Yuka first. It's interesting to me that Yuka encountered this kaiju that I don't remember the name of, but it had a cool name. Sorry. Mitsubos is what it gets turned into. Horobos, I believe, is the name. Yeah, yeah, Horobos. So she encounters Horobos as a... I think she's had a four-year-old kid. And seeing that kaiju up close, seeing it so much larger than her, so much larger than life, had a lasting impact on her and caused her to be interested in, I would assume, uh, studying and researching, uh, dissecting kaiju today. And maybe even kaijin or the unlucky alien who happens to uh, cross her path, right? Thinking about you, Mr. Spikey. And uh, I find that to be really interesting. Uh, I like that. I like her connection specifically to Horobos and her, not her hometown, but her grandma's hometown. We can assume that Granny's long dead by now. Rest in peace, Obachan. Uh, there was no one like you. And the... I don't know. It's interesting how we have that set up. So there's that personal tie to her. And then you see throughout the episode that she's desperate to help Horobos calm down. But at first she just seems excited to find out where it is and find any clue that she can. You know, urine samples or whatnot. Uh, to find out more about this kaiju that should be reawakening after 333 years, but we don't really see her full, uh, I guess, relationship with it or, or understanding of, not understanding, but like reaction to the kaiju until really the end of the episode, uh, as it gets, you know, the climax gets uh, more and more desperate and exciting, and uh, you know, it ends up being kind of sad because she has to see this kaiju basically put down after she fails to soothe it because of, of the interruption, uh, the intervention of Kaburagi. Um, it's interesting, though, that she saw this thing. She's got to be only 20-something. So let's say 18 to 20 years ago. Let's be broad. Let's say she's 30, maybe. So 18 to 26 years ago, she saw this thing. And it's only supposed to wake up every 333 years. Then I would ask, what was it doing awake at that time and place, you know, when she was a little kid? Shouldn't it have been completely dormant or sleeping? I would think so. It appeared that it was there and then it dug itself under the ground to hide or whatever. And, uh, you know, that I get. But, I don't know, did she, you know, had this little kid, this little pipsqueak interrupt its hibernation or whatever? That doesn't really make sense. So, I wonder what that's supposed to be. I mean, and had she come across it sleeping, that would make more sense. Uh, and it didn't move. Maybe its eyes are always glowing or something. That would be different. And I would, I'd kind of take that a little differently and it wouldn't cause me it wouldn't give me such pause um from such an otherwise cool episode i mean it was an awesome shot don't get me wrong mouth agape eyes glowing red and then it you know dives down into the earth super cool um maybe just don't, don't have it dive down and ever leave and you know yeah that's the kaiju that you encountered I, I don't know but then why wouldn't other people know about it and why would it be a mystery i guess it had to have moved but then why have it have this 33 peer 33 year 
a 333 year wake up period or interval for its hibernation or whatnot. That that doesn't really make sense. Make it shorter? I don't know. Anyway, uh, it was interesting to me that when they found the site where she had encountered Horbos, she, well, you could see there was a like a, a tree line that matched, but there was all this city development around it. And it made me think, is it possible that they started developing this area, you know, 20 some years ago? And that's what woke up Horbos and, or, you know, interrupted his slumber and sent him somewhere else. And now the, excuse me, the 330 year, three year period is over and it's time for him to wake up fully. But the land had been, you know, he had been disturbed and maybe was going to be more aggressive anyway because of how the land had been overdeveloped. And that kind of ties into Kabaragi. He's not letting the kaiju exists in their natural form, he's using these monster metals, he's synthesizing them, he's uh, basically like mucking around and using uh, advanced science and technology to do all sorts of things. Like the Ultras made the Ultra Metals by voluntarily, uh, you know, giving of their essence somehow to make the metals. Uh, how were the monster metals formed? I'm not sure. It feels like maybe Celebro stole that technology, the concept, I mean he has a Zet Riser, right? Um, he stole that technology and the concept and then maybe he's gone around and personally attacked or invaded the bodies of monsters to get bits and pieces of them to synthesize the metals. It's not clear. Uh, we've seen him take a chunk of a kaiju though and turn it into metals, so that's very possible. Uh, that's very possibly what he's doing. Then again, the scale of a kaiju is that like a skin scraping? You know, just a, a sample of a few cells, and that it's not that big of a deal, or what? It's hard to say because. You have to factor in that they're being combined with the Belial factors, of the, or rather the Devil Splinters, and that's you know causing a lot of this too. So, anyway, my point is though that Kabaragi is so furious about his Belial metal being missing, and I don't think he can synthesize another one because Riku's not on the planet, right? Uh, that he goes over to Horobos when Horobos is calmed and when things are okay and he throws more metals into it to turn it into what do they call it Metsubos I think and it's this you know very destructive very angry monster that absolutely goes on a rampage and it's I don't know it feels like there's a tie like a thematic tie to man meddling with you know the land and you know spoiling it with its development into, you know, whatever it was, you know, man-made structures instead of natural structures, and Kaburagi messing with the, you know, the natural kaiju that was calmed by seashell music, you know, and it seemed like that kaiju, Horobos, and humans had some sort of equilibrium with each other, and now that equilibrium is being disturbed, and it's partly through the ambition of ascension. It's not man, it's Celebro, it's ascension, right? Um, ascension is messing with nature in a way that's destructive and self-serving and he doesn't care about the cost to anybody else and uh you know then we get to see sell um the the rampage that Metsubos goes on and yeah maybe it's part of his i mean <laughs> he was calming down by the music and you know it seemed like there was some sort of natural pattern a natural flow that had been established between the kaiju and humanity, and when that's interrupted, uh, because, well, like I said, the in the intervention of having these other, you know, kaiju parts put into him, he goes crazy and goes on this uh, rampage, and it's it's twisting his kaiju nature um, 
because I think he would otherwise be sort of peaceful. It's unclear. It's it's odd. It's strange. Oh, I mean, should kaiju feed off the earth somehow? Oh, that'd be interesting. If kaiju fed off of nature in a weird way. Sorry, I'm thinking as a writer now. How would I make kaiju work? Because I, I kind of want to do kaiju a little bit. Smaller kaiju. 50 foot tall. 100 foot tall at the most, I think. Hmm. I got to think about that later. Anyway. But it's there's like this twisting and warping of nature that messes things up, and uh, I think that's I think there's a lot of legitimacy that I, I believe in uh, keeping things as natural as possible. But then again, I'm just a, a hick from the uh, from the south. Oh, wait, no, I'm urban. <laughs> uh, we have super noni too, so I mean, lots of uh, lots of different peoples have their natural cures and remedies and things like that that they'd rather use than uh, you know stuff from. Big Daddy Pharma, but we're not going to talk about that right now, are we? I do want to talk about Delta Rise Claw because I think Delta Rise Claw, I, I neglected to talk about it before because it kind of didn't feel like it mattered. I think yet, uh, last episode was the one where it debuted with uh, Griza and Riku and Riku! <laughs> Sorry. Um, I bet you can guess how old I am uh, if you didn't know already. And the Delta Rise Claw is an interesting form. It's kind of cool. I like the fact that the medals are gold. Uh, I like that this is like its final form, uh, Zet's final form, and it's you know special. And I think I I noticed that like uh, you know when Jeed went away, he didn't have his crazy awesome Giver armor anymore. That's what I call it. It's not really Giver armor, but there's aspects of that with like the blue uh, like shield type pattern armor on. Uh, on your boy, Delta Rise Claw's, uh, legs, it looks like, um, that's where he has it, and it's, it's interesting, and, like, I, I think the head is kind of like what Zero's head shape looks like, so I think I'm beginning to understand a little bit more how the Ultra Metals, like, change the shape and the look of him for the forms, um, based on which Ultraman is first, and I don't know if it's, like, the primar primary Ultraman, oh, it's like the O's Metals, almost, like, where the first Ultraman mentioned is like where the head shape sort of comes from. It's like their head shape blended with Z's head shape. And then, um, maybe color scheme is next. And then I don't know what the third thing would be. I haven't looked, you know, I'm, I haven't examined the pattern that closely and I don't know Ultraman as well as I could. So I'm struggling a little bit to nail it down, you know, where everything is coming from, but that could be the case. But anyway, Delta Rise Claw is cool. Uh, the name's a little long. I think it should be Delta something else. I think that would be a little bit better, uh, just to keep with the pattern of them all being one word. And, I mean, Delta Claw would be fine, but... Or just Delta Rise. I think Delta Rise. That sounds cool. Anyway, um, I think the Claw is from the belly all metal, though. But, you know, just make him Delta Claw. That's fine. That'd be cool. And I think he should have a big claw um, on one of his hands. But then he's got the... <clears throat> spoilers, Belly Rock. I think that's what they're going to call it in here, because that's what it was in the... Uh, the Japanese uh, with the subtitles. Um, that's the the belly on needle thing. And I don't know. I don't know. It's a cool form. It's decent looking. Uh, the night shot didn't sell it that well, um, which was interesting. You would think the opposite. Oh, which by the way, it's crazy to me that they're debuting this new form and yet they're still showing off the other forms and making them cool. Although I guess maybe that makes sense that they, you would kind of spread that out because at some point... Um, he uses Gamma Future, and he's got, like, a plasma cape, which is awesome. And he uses it to, like, sweep aside some stuff. It's, like, he uses it to block things, I think. And then it's, like, flowing majestically behind him as he's running around fighting this kaiju. And that was super cool. Oh, and then I, I almost forgot to mention. So, um, Delta Rise Claw, I like it. I think it's a cool form. Uh, I love the idea of swallowing darkness and, and it, you know, growing beyond. Like, being able to withstand that darkness is what 
unlocks this next level of power, which is something I said last episode, but I said that about the weapon, not so much the form. So I think that's, uh, I think that's interesting. And I, I love the thematic nature of that. I think it's really cool. Um, uh, really nifty. So there was that. Oh, and then I forgot your girl, Yoko ended up showing up and sort of saving the day because she gave, uh, Haruki or, you know, Zet the chance to, uh, recover and, uh, end up getting the win on Horobos or Metsubos. And that was pretty cool. Showing up in Queen Joe. Perfect. Perfect clutch, clutch, uh, you know, saving of, of the big guy. Uh, it was super fun, super cool. And, uh, I love that the cannons, the Panadium cannon missiles, whatever they call it. Uh, she's able to shoot them and have them land right on the target when she's, you know, connected to it, you know, locked in with it. Uh, that's pretty, pretty good. That's a good aim, good aim to not hit herself. So that was cool. And then, uh, that twist at the end with that alien Barossa coming in, uh, got me kind of scared because... Uh, I'm worried about what Zet's going to do. He's at his limit. The, that color timer's been blinking. And I don't know if it's like every time he switches to a new form, it extends his time or what. But he is not doing well. And I can imagine that that'll be very a very difficult situation for him to get out of. Hopefully, it's not super easy, barely an inconvenience. Because that would kind of stink to uh, ruin the tension for the next episode. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to spoil it or talk about that. So I think I covered everything. Um, you know, Yuka, it's weird how she's like, oh, I want to dissect you and whatever. Uh, even though she like has this admiration for the kaiju and like wants to sort of protect them or like live in balance with them. But at the same time, she also wants to cut them up. I don't know if it's just because like, it's almost like Pokemon, you know, in the world of Pokemon, they work together with humans and people can kind of like harvest stuff from them. A little bit like, you know, you get an electric Pokemon at a power plant or whatever and like use them for the, or like, uh, I can't remember what she's called. The big one with the egg in her chat, in her belly or whatever, like that works with Nurse Joy. Is that what it is? Anyway, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've really paid close attention to Pokemon. Um, but like you have this coexistence type thing. Like Yuka used the, uh, Nioranga horn to help, uh, power King Joe or, uh, Wyndham, I think, make it charge faster and stuff like that. Like that's cool. Like using, kaiju bits and stuff like that that you can obtain or harvest in like a peaceful way for the betterment of mankind and for human flourishing and it's like mutually beneficial you're not killing the kaiju just for its horn just so you can make this thing like that makes sense to me but that's like you know i would say the same thing about rhinos if you really want rhino horns why don't you raise rhinos like we raise cows or chickens and harvest the horns from them and you know i don't know give them a synth horn or something like that in order to make it better not that i'm into you know synthesizing stuff but just you know I believe for a while people were doing that. They were growing and tending and hurting rhinos for their horns specifically, and they weren't murdering them and leaving them dead, rotting corpses just with a horn cut off. They were, you know, you cut off the thing because it's made of, you know, the same type of materials, hair and nails and whatnot. Um, so, and just an example I'm throwing out there off the top of my head. So anyway, I think there's a better way to do things. And uh, Yuka has this weird tension where she seems like this mad scientist, but Sometimes she seems like a good mad scientist and sometimes she seems like a bad mad scientist. And in this one, she seemed good. She seemed like really sympathetic. Like she was really vibing with this kaiju and wanted to save it and make sure it was, you know, protected. And like I said, in balance with nature and, and having this like harmony, but it didn't, uh, didn't work out that way tragically. And so basically she asked Zet to do a mercy killing of the kaiju and he went ahead and did it because that was the only way he could see to really uh, free it from the corruption of the metal being combined with it. I wonder if that's on enough. 
I wonder if they should be able to go and extract that. But this is not Comrader uh, uh, X-Aid. So <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go ahead and close off because I think I went a little longer than I had intended. Uh, but I did cover all the topics I wanted to cover. And I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. So um, there's no more reason for me to be here. Uh, I'm going to ask that you go ahead and check out my Ultraman inspired story for kids, which is linked in the show notes here that you would get the uh, subscribe to the audio version of the podcast, which you can find linked at the website in the show notes uh, subscribe. You'll get that first and then it goes up on the blog and then it goes up on uh, video platforms of my choice and I'll be sharing it around everywhere I can. I'm also starting up uh, writer tears again, 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 it's like the, it's, it's anyway, it's a relaunch, but I'm covering the Kamen Rider manga, the original in six parts. I'm going to be covering Shin Kamen Rider, uh, Kamen Rider Agito, the dub is out. Uh, it's been for a little bit and I have been watching that. That's kind of fun. Um, and I think I'm going to cover that as well as, uh, trying to get into all the other stuff. I've got the black Blu-rays, Kamen Rider black Blu-rays home. I've got all of Kamen Rider, the original 1971 and 1973 to watch as well. So there's lots of good common writer stuff to cover. And I'll also be doing a little off topic, uh, common writer, or, uh, writer, I don't know, common writer rant, common writer crash, something like that. And I think it will be a writer rant actually, um, about, like I said, off topic stuff. So you can look forward to that as well. So we'll be covering Ultraman and common writer here. Um, well on my website, mjmunoz.com and in all my channels where I'm publishing the stuff. So look forward to it. And anyway, uh, I hope that you, are well and that you be well. Until next time, folks, this is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.